0: We already receive it in advance. Thank you, Lord. I wish you could think of what else those people were going to do. There's three things in the southeast that they've come to do. I'll try to think of that. Maybe it will come to me. Hallelujah. So, um, Romans 12, 21. No, Romans 12, 2. My fingers got happy. Hallelujah. It just seemed like um, everything today there was like an issue about. I don't know. Hallelujah. Not saying why, but it seems like the computer there was issues, the the car, the 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 phone there was an issue. The I had phones. I had iPads. I had everything. There was just issues today. Sometimes you know it just seems like the devil doesn't want us to get something done, but we always just triumph over it. Hallelujah. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're always out to find out what's your perfect will, Lord. What's your good will? What is what is it that you want me to do? What will be acceptable to you? And I know in every area of our life, we're always seeking To know His will. And we just pray out in advance. Even when we don't really have a specific decision to make. We're out there in advance praying for His will to be made known to us. That we'd be filled with the knowledge of His will. That we would have wisdom. And that, uh, hallelujah, we don't lean to our own understanding. We're acknowledging Him in everything we go to do. Am I supposed to go today? We even, we went, you know, we have acknowledged Him even in this... um, divorcing bail lord is this not only and i john benefield said this it's like do you have and this is something you need to watch do i have the authority to do it and is it god's timing to do it and obviously you probably don't have the authority to go over to macon georgia and get on the courthouse steps and divorce bail there's something wrong about that situation you know god might the only way you could be given authority to do that is uh Maybe if God spoke to you specifically and directly. And then, you know, and then even then I would I would get further counsel or try to connect with someone. And John Benefield did that. He didn't just start going to all 50 states. He started connecting to people in those states that had, um, you know, had authority in those states. So that's one of the things we, we want to seek out when we're looking for God's will. Hallelujah. So we're on number 17. Uh, victorious mindsets and last we started 17 last week and uh that was i have a great work to do all of us realize and we you know i don't know if you realize it but even this thing we did it seemed simple it doesn't seem complicated except finding brookwood was the only complicated part i mean we found brookwood we could (laughs) hallelujah i don't even know how to explain it it was just anyway but uh there was nothing really complicated about it but it was a great work to do, and I don't think we realize what the impact's going to be on what we've done in this county at the different places we've gone to, and I believe God will give us further instructions. I keep thinking of places to go. I keep having think, oh, yeah, we ought to go there. And, oh, yeah, and uh, John Benefield says in his book that they've practically dug up Oklahoma City now. They've leavened every place in town. The, he said they've asked permission from every bank in town and went and leavened the land. And they did that right at the beginning of the financial crisis in 2008. And, um, and then they've got this most recession-proof city and they're prospering and hallelujah. So, amen. Praise God. We may be digging little holes all over county. Who knows? But we're going to follow the Lord. And we're not going to get out of his timing. We're going to do it uh, just as he wills. And so this is gonna be this is a, we I don't what I don't know exactly all the details of what we, we're gonna be doing, but we have a great work to do. And you have a great work to do. You're part of it. Amen. Now, we're, uh, eventually when everybody gets this all done as far as divorcing bail and what we've done, we're going to have a night of testimony about it and let you all talk about what you did and what you prayed and, and everything like that, okay? So we're, uh, this. I have a great work to do. And the thing that we're overcoming in getting this mindset of I've got a great work to do is we're overcoming being offended. We're going to practically be Offense uh, proof because we're going to be so occupied with what God has for us to do. And that's going to be amazing, isn't it? Nehemiah chapter 6, we looked at that last week. We won't go back there because I think you remember. But anyway, uh, Nehemiah's building on the wall. He's busy with the great work that God has him to do. And he, the enemy, uh, what was the enemy's name? I always... Y'all remember the enemy of, huh okay, never mind. He has an enemy. Mm. Hallelujah. Wasn't going to forget that. But anyway, uh, the enemy calls him, wasn't the devil, but it was a human enemy represent, representing the devil, calls him down into the Valley of Ono. Y'all remember that part. The Valley of Ono. Hallelujah. Sandballot sand ballot okay sand ballot calls him down into the valley of ono and uh wants to talk to him and he said he basically just refused to go he said i am doing a great work and i don't have time to go and that's how we're to be when a for offense is concerned we're to be so busy doing god's work that we don't have time to go into the valley of ono and be offended hallelujah so we want to keep a positive focus and a sense of destiny always before us. Because see, offense is a mind game. It's not really, so, it's something that the devil always takes it further than it really was and blows it up bigger than it really was and tries to make it like, you know, he, you know, he inserts his lies into whatever it really was that happened. And, uh, and uh, it's a mind game that he plays with us. And he brings it back to us and reminds us of it when in weak times. And at times when, you know, he all, he, he reminds us of it because he wants to distract us. He wants us to come down off the wall and quit doing the great work that God has us to do. He wants us to quit studying the Bible. We'll start studying someday. And he reminds us that day while we're studying the Bible. if What they said and what they did. And, uh, you know... And, and, or when we're praying. When we're praying and we're getting in there. Or when we're worshiping and we're... Because you know, there, it, I know you know it's a spiritual battle sometimes to just get into that place of worship. And so the enemy tries to come in there and bring... Uh, not only all the things you've got to do in the dryer and let's go hang up clothes and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the phone rings and text ding and, you know, and, and, and the devil tells you, you have to go see who texts you. You know, yeah. <laughs> hallelujah. You just have to, you know. And then... uh but then also he brings up the offenses, and and we can just replay it in our mind. We can even go to that place where it's like, and we pra- we start talking to ourselves, and so I, I, and. Just start lecturing them on what and, and I'd tell them this and I'd tell them that and we can actually be like they were standing right there and we're just talking to them up a storm. Hallelujah, because the devil has got us down in the valley of oh no. And when you get down there, the, the you know it really isn't oh no, oh no. You do not know what's coming next when you get offended. So the main topics the devil wants to talk to you about is, first of all, I think one of the main topics the devil always wants to talk to us about is he wants to condemn us. Hallelujah. He wants to bring us under condemnation. He wants to tell us how unworthy we are based on our past. He also wants to tell us how unqualified we are. If God ever gives us an assignment, and I've had people tell me, concerning this divorcing Baal, I felt so unqualified. You know, it's true. Sometimes we like... You know, or concerning our healing meetings and being a healing minister. I feel so unqualified. Well, yeah. We're all just walking on water. We're just following the Holy Ghost. But I just watched a DVD yesterday of a teaching where a teacher taught children, elementary age children, to do this. And I'm thinking... And it was simple as pie. She taught them in the most simple way. They got up and did it, and the kids in their class got healed. And I'm like, my word, it couldn't be simpler. If they can do it, we can do it. And, you know, if he can't convince you you're not qualified, he'll convince you that it's, it takes a lot more to do this than it really does. Man, you've got to be spiritual, and this is complicated. And uh, it doesn't he. Hallelujah. So another thing He tries to get you to talk about with Him is He wants to give you justification for why you should be offended. And He will give you all the reasons why you should be offended. And He does it to all of us. He does it to teenagers. He convinces them they ought to be offended at their parents. You know, you got the meanest parents in the world. Reckon where that came from. I know there's bound to be somebody meaner than the parents in this church. But he will tell them, oh, you got mean parents. Hallelujah. And they don't know anything, right? And they don't understand you. And they're behind the times. But just remember the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Hallelujah. <laughs> I know y'all don't believe that. I know we look old, but we're not. We understand. We really do understand. We really do understand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then the third thing the devil tries to talk to you about is fear. He wants to give you a fear of the future. Amen. What's coming? What's happening in the government? I mean, I read something scary today. Hallelujah. The next thing he wants to talk to you about is how disrespected you've been. He wants to talk to you about how taken advantage of you are. Hallelujah. He wants to... One of the things the devil always tries to do is to get us mad about something that we have no right to be mad about. You know, I'm just so mad at McDonald's because they only pay minimum wage. I am so mad at them. And see, he'll get us mad about something, but the truth is we don't have any right to be mad at McDonald's because they, don't, they only pay minimum wage. You know, something I've had to discover is when a man owns a business, he has every right to pay his employees as long as it's legal and minimum wage is legal and as long as it's, uh, you know, not against God's Word and minimum wage is not against God's Word, that he has a right to do it. I've had to tell people in counseling before, no, your boss has a right to say that. Your boss has a right to do that because he owns the company. If he wants to pay himself $4 billion a year and pay you seven sixty five dollars an hour or whatever it is, I don't even know what it is anymore, hallelujah. We don't pay anybody minimum wage, so hallelujah. Um, he, he has the right legally. He has that right. He's not breaking God's law. Hallelujah. And if he's a good man, you know what he's going to do? He's going to pay you what you're worth. And if you do a good job at $7.65 an hour, I promise you, if you really have a work ethic and you really go and you buy yourself and you're not texting and you're not uh, talking on the phone and you're not uh, uh, leaning up against the wall all the time and taking a break, hallelujah, you will get promoted. I don't care where you're at. These employers are looking for people to promote because they're hard to find. And so, you know, we don't have any, uh, we have to know what we have a right to complain about and what we have a right to be mad about. And we have to know, like, for instance, that we don't have a right to complain about, uh, uh, you know, Southwest Airlines. We, the only right we have is to buy a ticket in first class or to buy a ticket at uh, uh, on Delta or Continental or another airline. But sometimes we just think, and the devil gets us to stewing about something we don't have a right to complain about. And you know, if you sign up for Southwest Airlines, you signed up to be offended. <laughs> I mean, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> Hallelujah, in my opinion, that is. And you know, it's like, but we want, we want $2,000 service for a $159 ticket. They sell you a ticket to Dallas for $159 last week, but we're mad because something, you know, because it, it didn't feel like. But man, Pastor and I told we couldn't drive to Shreveport for $159 because we'd have to spend the night and eat two meals. No, three. We'd have to spend the night, eat two meals, and uh, plus pay for the gas. And the wear and tear on our car. It's like, man, it's a bargain. That's why people do that. So we got to find out what do we have a right to complain about. We have to measure it. And sometimes we don't have a right to complain. But we do have a right not to go back. Amen. So, uh, hallelujah. Uh, disappointed. Expected something that didn't happen. He wants to talk to you about being disappointed. Oh, you know, and how disappointed you are. It's really warm in here. Let's do something about that. There's no air. So reasons for being offended. Hallelujah. I think you're going to get this, but like I said, my computer was doing really strange things. I would type a line and it would jump up and put that paragraph up at the top. And I'm like, so these notes might be a little scrambled. So reasons for being offended is I feel insulted. I feel mistreated. I feel snubbed. I feel disrespected. I feel like I've been taken advantage of. Or a lot of times, I'm just disappointed. Something I expected didn't happen. Or it didn't happen like I expected to happen. Or it didn't happen when I expected to happen. Or it didn't happen like the preacher said it would happen. Of course, a lot of times that's because we didn't do it like the preacher said to do it or so forth. Or we didn't do it like the Word said to do it. You know, we kind of want to take shortcuts sometimes with the Word of God. But then we expect the hundredfold return. And so the dis- we can be disappointed about that. And sometimes that can result in us being offended at God. And I tell you, it does you no good whatsoever to be offended at God. Right, sure. Hallelujah. He's the only way out. And so you might as well just resolve it. He's never been wrong, not one time. He's never missed it. He's never been unfair. Hallelujah. Late. Or late. He's never been late. Hallelujah. He's right. He's 100% right. And he loves you. Did you know he can't love you more than he loves you? He he does not love you. He does not have overflowing love for you. He only has 100% perfect love. See, overflowing could be 130% today and 150% tomorrow. It will never vary one bit his love his blessings can overflow but his love is 100% and totally 100% pure not 99% pure like ivory soap but 100% pure and 100% he loves you and you can't do anything for him to love you 90% and you can't do anything to make him love you 120% he loves you 100% 100% And that sets us free because perfect love, 100% love, casts out fear. When I know I'm 100% loved and it will never vary, it will never change, it casts all the fear out of my life. But if I'm in fear, it'll cast love out of my life too. Okay, so uh, all of us get offended at some point. You can't you, you're just not going to be able to say, I never get offended. Why? Because the word, that's against the word of God. Go to Luke 17, 1. Jesus said something different than that. So you're going to have offense come. Right. Hallelujah. It's going to come. And we're going to look at an amazing scripture after we look at this one. But uh Luke 17 1 said, Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. So Jesus said, it's impossible for offenses not to come. But he says, woe unto them from whom they come. I I, I really think that what he's saying is, woe to him who purposely causes an offense. Hallelujah. And I believe that also woe unto him that purposely spreads an offense. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. And then in Matthew 18, 17, and this is what amazing, really amazing scripture concerning offense. So offenses are going to come. Hallelujah. Matthew 18, uh, 7. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. He, Jesus said it's necessary it needs be it's necessary for offenses to come why because you've got to win over offense and 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 if you're not if you win one level the devil will bring another level of offense to you and because and you have to win over all of them and not be offended so we're all going to be tempted at some point to be offended hallelujah it's going to be um it's going to come and one of the things that we can do to prevent being offended is to not be a surpri- not be surprised when offenses come. I think you know a lot of times people come into a church and maybe uh, at first, especially if it's a really moving church and the men, everything's awesome, the music's awesome, the pastor's awesome, the message is awesome, everything's awesome, the people were friendly, and uh, pretty soon they've put everything in that church upon a pedestal and the next thing you know is somebody in that church is going to fall off. Somebody's not going to speak, somebody's not, the pastor's not going to speak, pastor's going to say something, it comes out wrong, he doesn't mean it or whatever is an offense, but you know, so anyway, uh, we the best thing we can do is not be surprised. You take a new job, and you go, oh, man, this job is going to be wonderful. It's going to be so much better than my last job. You're going to have same old offenses. They're all, they're the same everywhere. Same old offenses everywhere. And especially if you've got that thing on you that says, well, the boss doesn't have a right. To be the boss. He doesn't have a right. Man we're busy. I'm up at the front counter. I'm waiting on customers. Customer going clear out the door. And he's sitting in the back. Watching YouTube. And that's just wrong. No. He owns it. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. He might lose customers. But it's not wrong. Does he have a right to expect you. To just sweat. And work as hard as you can. Yes. Yes. And sometimes we get to think. This is not the government. When a man owns the business, this is not the government. Hallelujah. I don't know if in the government you have a right to or not, but I know when you own a business, you get to do it the way you want to. You may lose it. You may close it down, but you can do it any way you want to. And uh, and, and that you earn that right. Hallelujah. By starting that business or buying that business. So, uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we choose whether to become and stay offended. Some reasons that we are easily offended. Let me get you, give you some. Number one is we put more value on ourselves than on our call and our assignment. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number two, by overreacting. Did anybody ever overreact? By taking things personal, we, that's one of the things I was talking about when I said the boss has the right, is uh, sometimes we can take things that are just company policy uh, personal. Well, I just think that we should have uh, an a airline in Tuscaloosa County. We should just have one, and it's just not right that we don't. That's taking it personal. It's just economics. It's just money. It's, just, it's not personal against you. They didn't say, Laquina wants it and I don't want her to have it, so I'm going to take the airlines out of Tuscaloosa County. No, sometimes we, we get things all convoluted into stuff, and we take things personal. Well, they should put, they should put more uh, pecans in their strawberry pecan salad. It is not personal. And when we take things personal, we're tempted to get offended. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, you know when we you know, concerning those things, it is what it is. You have to have it is what it is. You can you know it amazes me sometimes people go into restaurants like uh, you go into Cheddar's and you go well it's just not right their prices are too high. It's just not right. That is just not right. Really. Let's see. Somebody owns this place. If they want to charge $25 a plate, you know what? It is right. It is their right. I know I'm kind of belaboring this point, but what do we get so offended over things that are just, uh, it's not personal. And it is what it is. And we go into chatters and we expect them to sell hamburgers for a dollar. And it's like... Hallelujah! Oh no, I'm I'm, I'm going to move on because I am just hung on this. Hallelujah. So, uh, and then also the thing that would cause us to be easily offended is that we have a fear of criticism. We just fear of being criticized. We can't take correction. We can't take rebuke. We're, we're we can't take any kind of criticism, and we just blow it all out of proportion. And they're against us, and they're racist. You know that we can throw that card, man. They're racist. Their uh, their uh, prejudice against women. They uh, they don't like fat people. Uh, we can think of all sorts of reasons why. Uh, and it's the really the truth is we just don't want to be corrected, or somebody just didn't take care of our feelings the way they should be. Well, welcome to this world. There ain't nobody very kind or sensitive anymore. And let you know, except Christians. Hallelujah. Our number of uh, the last one of easy offended is. They hit a tender spot in our soul, and they had no idea that, and you probably didn't even know it either. You may know you have a tender spot, but on the other hand, you may not. And, and somebody stepped on a landmine, and it was the tender spot in your soul that you don't know why it's there, you don't know why you're sensitive about it, but you are just sensitive about that area. You know, people, there's some people that are really sensitive about their weight. There's people that are very sensitive about their age. Uh, Some people, you know, you could say, oh, your hair's getting gray. And uh, they would be just like offended. Offended. That you said, even if it was true, it, you know it's like it doesn't matter that it's true, and and even it but and, and certainly there are things we don't need to say to people, but you know we're gonna have to not be easily offended, and we're gonna have to kind of think about it when we're tempted to be offended. Are they just kind of stepping on a tender spot? And a lot of times, newlyweds, this is just really something that newlyweds run into, because she's got tender spots and he's got sensitive areas, and they don't they haven't been living together before hopefully uh, and um hallelujah won't go into that but anyway and he doesn't know what they are and he's just he's just driving down the road he's just being you know he thinks he's just being there and all of a sudden he says something or does something and it's just it's just all all of it breaks loose and I did have a lot of tender spots when I married pastor I came from parents with a bad marriage. My parents had a bad marriage. And I was sensitive about some things because I didn't want to repeat what they did. And he didn't even know they had a bad marriage. You know, they say that um, that mothers of ch- uh, mothers of girls, that from the day they're born, they start plotting their marriage and their wedding. And I think they do this without even thinking. I know one mother uh, has already approached Anita when when Andrew was two years old <laughs> you know, some people believe in planning early I'm not kidding I am not kidding that's the truth but uh, they say that that's just in mothers I don't know if that is or not I'm not accusing any of you mothers that have girls but I will say this that you know when Michael, now, you know, I dated a few boys just a few times before him, but he came along in my sophomore year. And I tell you what, she whooped out the Betty Crocker book and the, and the mixer. And, man, and his mother was like, she, her motto was, they were on a budget, you get one glass of milk and kitchen is closed. You know, and there is no dessert except on Sunday. And there's no iced tea except on Sunday. And one glass of milk at night, and, and that was frozen because she went to the commissary and bought it and froze it. And then when she diluted it, she mixed it with half-powdered milk. <laughs> so I can about serve him anything, and he, doesn't, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't say a word. I mean, he's just like, I'll eat anything you know but so my mom she whirls out the Betty Crocker and the mix master the sunbeam mix master and she's a baker anyway she likes to bake and so she's just turning out cakes and you know every time he comes there's a cake there's a pie there's cookies you drink all the milk you want drink all the tea you want kitchen is always open that was always the policy at my house you know and so and it was just like where do I sign (laughs) It's just you know he's like wow she's awesome. He didn't even know a trap was being set. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Truly. So he thought she was like, "Oh man, she's awesome. She's wonderful. She so he didn't even know there was a bad marriage underneath that." And so but the first time he did one little thing that was my tender spot, and you know the thing is I didn't even know I had a tender spot there. I didn't even know it, but he stepped on it and he felt like he had fell straight into hell. You know, you know, you know, like it was one of those sinkholes. You step on a and you're just, woo, straight to hell. Hallelujah! Huh. Bless his heart. Hallelujah! But he's he's he has since recovered, and he hardly ever steps. He hardly ever steps there anymore. And hopefully, I've gotten somewhat healed of that hallelujah some days more than others okay so uh praise god for that anyway that was extra so you could have a tender spot in your soul so uh but you know what forward moving people don't notice these things as much uh me and pastor sometimes we look at some of the things people do and we say they got too much time on their hands Did y'all ever see somebody that put a lot of effort into something and you go, oh my word, what for? You've got too much time on your hands. You know, well, uh, sometimes that's the way it is. We're getting offended is concerned. We just have too much time on our hands, too much time to spend thinking on everybody's done us wrong, all the companies that are doing us wrong. Everybody's trying to cheat us. And first of all, before you know it, we're paranoid. We're paranoid. It's like they're all trying to cheat us, you know. Hallelujah. But if we have a big vision, we'll pay no attention to criticism. We'll be focused. Hallelujah. And less aware. So, uh, so being offended could mean you just don't have enough to do. You know, any time when you get on the elevator of offense, there's just one button. It says Down. I don't care what how justified you think you are when you get offended when I get offended it, we're going and we mash that button on that elevator and say yeah I'm offended or even if we don't mash it hallelujah and we try to pretend we're not offended That elevator's going down. Because our hope level goes down. Our joy level goes down. You just watch it. Your energy goes down. Your motivation goes down. Hallelujah. You get distracted from the call of God on your life. Uh, And and if you just keep hanging on to it pretty soon, you won't even believe you have a call anymore. And you will disconnect from all the people who can help you get where you're supposed to be going in your spiritual destiny and your kingdom assignment, you're disconnected, you're staying at home on Sunday, you're offended and before you know it, 25 years has passed and you hadn't even been to church in 25 years. And you don't think we'll ever go there, but we could and all it's, we're just step one step, one offense away from doing that. And sometimes people sit in the church offended, they don't leave, but they sit there offended and I, I tell you, you can always spot them because they don't grow. And when the prophet comes to town, the, you know they're the ones that he, they, a, a prophet will hardly ever Prophesy to you when you're offended it, He will hardly Ever say a word Now people with past hurts and wounds from the past And childhood and stuff like that The prophet will try to call them out But you know when they're sitting there in the church And they're all puffed up uh, You know Swole up as Pastor Buzzy said You know the prophet Walks right past those people the, the man of God, the prophet of God. So we don't want to hang on to those things. We don't want to get disconnected. We don't want our countenance to go down. That's another thing. Our, not that elevator. Your countenance will go down and it shows on you. And you can be sitting there saying, now, I'm not offended, but everybody in the room can see that you are. And uh, you'll walk around all bowed, bowed up, pouted up, and, and uh, stuffed up. And Hallelujah. Did you ever notice the word uh, offense? a fence has the word fence built in it fence and when you get offended you build a fence and also did you ever notice that defense has the word fence built in it when you get uh you get defensive first defensive you're starting to build your fence you're defensive you're being you know Hallelujah, you got your wall up, you're, you're watching what they say and you're measuring it and everything. And then first thing you know, you got a big fence built up and the blessings of God come by. And everybody's up here whooping and hollering, getting moved on by God. And boy, they're having a good time, they're running the aisles, they're laughing, they're shaking. They're doing all this stuff and you're just looking over your fence. Because it didn't move you, you didn't feel a thing. Hallelujah. And you're not growing. You're not moving forward. That's the worst thing about it is you quit growing. Hallelujah. So we can be, we, we're pouting. We're not moving with God. So we got to get past a fence completely. we got to jump out of that fence, tear it down, get back in the game. Hallelujah. There's three ways to deal with a fence. First of all, you got to forgive. Now the interesting thing about forgive is, you got, is and I'm going to say this, you will it. You will to forgive, and it has nothing to do with feelings. You don't have to feel it to forgive. You don't even have to be enthused about doing it, because you're going to be you're, you know, you're doing it in obedience to the word of God, and they sure don't have to deserve it. Hallelujah! But first of all, you're going to have to will to forgive, and you just make an act of your will. It's just a choice. Hallelujah. Number two, you heal it. And you can't heal it, but you do ask God to heal it. You got to tell God this hurts. This hurt. This bothered me. This is a this this uh, this hurt my feelings. It made me feel inadequate. It made me feel low. It made me feel unimportant. Whatever it made you feel, God already knows. And you ask God to heal it. Heal the hurt, Lord. Heal the wound. Take away the pain from this, because I want to take this wall down. And then number three. You reveal it. And that's not something you can do either. you got to ask God, what caused this? What's the root cause of this? That, when I say reveal it, I don't mean go tell everybody. What I, you need to ask God, why am I really offended? What's the root cause? What's the root of this? We're, what is causing this? Hallelujah. And sometimes it can be that tender spot that's causing it. And He'll show you and He'll heal that for you. Or sometimes it can just be our, we're living out of our personality. Hallelujah, because there's four main personality styles in the earth, and we're not, you know, legalistic about this or anything, and it some of them, you got you can have a mix, but I know the personality style that I am, uh, the fear of being taken advantage of, you know, hallelujah, I can get, you know, I can say, okay, 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 you got to calm down, and you know, fear, uh, one personality style, melancholy, that don't mean you're sad all the time or anything, it's just, the title of it hallelujah but it it that's the really organized they're so organized you know especially if you have a real high one in that um in that area they have a fear of their work being criticized and man you can tell them they left out a period on the page and some of them can get bent out of shape or if you don't like what they did you know or you want it done different or uh Hallelujah! That can be one, Hallelujah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it might just be your personality, and that you need to quit living out of your personality. And God might just say, "Well, you know, quit worrying about people taking advantage of you, Debbie, because I I got your back. I got your back. I won't I won't let anybody. <laughs> Hallelujah! Do you in? Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes we ask someone, you know, because we can feel that wall, we can see, and, and, we, and we say, are you offended? And they say, no. No, I'm not offended. But that's not really the truth. I'm not saying they meant to lie. But a lot of times what they're trying to say is, yeah, I just don't want to deal with it right now. I don't want to admit it right now because I don't want to deal with this right now. And they really are offended. And some ways to know if you're offended is, have you withdrawn your heart? From some person or from the church Can you tell that you've withdrawn your heart My heart's not I don't have that That love that I had I don't have that Man I used to really admire them I used to really You know look up to them Now I'm offended I don't Hallelujah uh, some, Another sign that you might be offended Is if you have quit being an active participant In something you used to do for God That's a big sign The next one is, um, are you letting the person that you're offended at know in little ways? Like, you know, no, I'm not offended, but you're a little cool. You're a little aloof. You're a little noncommittal. You're a little distant. You're a little or a lot disrespectful. Or you're shut down, and I just won't let them in. That's interesting, isn't it? And then we're going to end with this tonight talking about taking up someone else's offense we're not offended but somebody came by with a hypodermic needle and we said yeah go ahead and inject me with your bitter mad offense we let them tell us and probably we didn't know how to deal with it and so um, they have stuck us with their hypodermic needle of offense And now we are carrying their offense. And we're offended at pastor. We don't really know why. We don't have anything against him. But so and so said. Hallelujah. If we had all the church members back that got offended because. And they weren't really offended. But they took the hypodermic needle. We had an usher one time that was giving injections at the front door. To people that came in the church. Hallelujah. And the bad part is that mm, the church members didn't even come tell us. So we could stop it. You know, we need to take some responsibility for people tearing down the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So um, they tell us what happened. You need to think about this. It could be hearsay. Maybe, Maybe it's just something they heard that happened. And they really don't even know for sure. But they tell you like it really did. They could be outright lying. Did you ever think about that the devil could use somebody and they could just outright lie? If you don't believe that, just turn on some of the news media today and and they will show you how it's done. You do not have to have, you know. Or just pick up one um, one of those things at the grocery store checkout, the National Enquirer, or the, you know, and say the Martian baby... That was, you know, a lady has an alien baby. I don't know what all they say. They say crazy stuff. And that is just a lie. It is not truth. Hallelujah. People do that. And they do it in churches because the devil is seeking any way he can to tear down uh, the kingdom of God and stop God's work. And he's done it. He's had success in some places. Maybe they just misinterpreted what was said. Or maybe they misinterpreted what was saw. What was saw? What was seen? What they saw, my note said. Or what they heard. Just a misinterpretation. You think anybody ever misinterprets something? You know, on the news media now, it's quite common for them to just take sentences out of paragraphs and put together a story that says this, but when they didn't say it at all. So it could be that, or it could be that they just didn't hear right. Hallelujah. Or they didn't see right. Or they misinterpreted what they saw. Or they misunderstood what was said. In other words, it was really said, but they took it in the wrong way. Sometimes when we have those tender spots, we will take stuff wrong that people mean a different way. Hallelujah. Someone may have just touched their tender spot. Wouldn't you hate to get all in an uproar about somebody and some and they just somebody just touched their tender spot? You're, they were just sensitive about that. But people that have those tender spots, one of the things you don't ever want to say is you're just sensitive about that, or they'll throw you under the bus too. <laughs> Hallelujah. One thing we don't want to be told is we're just sensitive about it. No, I'm not. Hallelujah. <laughs> Especially. Husbands know that. And don't blame it on that time of month if you love your head. Because that makes us... Because it's not. I don't care what you think, it's not. It never is, it's not. It's you, not us. Hallelujah. Every time. Okay. Y'all could have misunderstood just what I just said. And you could be offended, but hallelujah. Just take it with a grain of salt. Or did you know, here's another thing. Sometimes people could be just making an excuse like, you know, why haven't you been to work, To ch- excuse me, why haven't you been to work, now that one too, why haven't you been to church in 25 years? Well, and, and, and you know, it's like, well, she she did so-and-so or she said so-and-so or she was this or she was that. And that's just an excuse. That's an excuse for you to be backslidden. You know, sometimes it could be that. Or maybe, and this is a good one, they just don't know how to handle the offense themselves and they're trying to get rid of it by passing it on to you. Because you know, uh, offense is such torment. It bugs you all the time. It just tries to put you under. It really does. And so, I think I can get rid of my pain if I give you an injection of offense. Hallelujah. Or at least I'll have somebody to sympathize with me. So we want to get out behind, out from behind our fences and, uh, and, and get growing again and get going again. Hallelujah. And get to hearing God again. Because you know why? When you're offended, you don't hear God. Why? Because that offense is running around in your brain. So it's talking so loud you can't even get quiet. Praise God. So we're going to pray a prayer tonight and give all our offenses to God, okay? Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you. Pastor, come up and pray this for us. Lead us in. Hallelujah.
1: Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and just love Jesus right now, just for a moment. Lord, we just love you. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I am bought with a price. That price was priceless. And Lord, I acknowledge the great gift you have given me. Lord, today we just say you are everything in my life. Hallelujah. Now let's just say this. Lord Jesus, I thank you for bearing all of my offenses when you went to the cross. I was offensive. My sin was terrible. My life was a wreck. And you absorbed it and then redeemed me. So today, right now, I do likewise. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost who has been given unto me. I am empowered to forgive and to forget. Right now, I loose people and events and things and the Lord From all offenses, offenses. I forgive, I I loose them, I I let them go, and now I bless them. them. Lord, bless them, them. prosper them, them. put blessings on them, them. throw them goodness, Lord. I rejoice. rejoice. Now today, Lord, by faith in the blood of Jesus, Jesus, I declare myself clean. free from offenses, and ready to go. It's a new life. I'm thanking you for it. Tomorrow is a great day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Woo-hoo, thank you, Lord. Praise.